Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. As always, it's a great joy for me to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for this program, live at 4 p.m. Come to me, and then we repeat it each of those days, 10 o'clock in the evening. And I do hear from many of you who listen at that time, which is good, though I guess people's schedules are all askew now, right? Uh, I know people would listen to it on coming home from work or uh, something they were out for. Uh, now we're all just kind of home. I guess. Although not really, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, you know, you pass the quick checks and the wah-wahs and parking lots are pretty full uh, most of the time. Anyway, I'm hoping you're hanging in there, my friends, and staying well and not being afraid. Don't be afraid. In fact, today, this beautiful day, April 2nd, 15 years ago today, our dear St. Pope John Paul II went home to the Father's house. Uh, and uh, so I thought today I'd spend some time uh, going over some of John Paul's words that maybe will give us comfort. Uh, Holy Father Pope Francis has been doing, in my opinion, an outstanding job in leading not just the church but the world uh, to um, a place of peace and consolation, comfort. You know, he's right there. Holy Father Pope Francis right there at the epicenter of the world uh, for this uh, situation. And thanks be to God, he himself has not contracted the virus, uh, but uh, he's right there. And I'm sure for him, as an 83-year-old man with a lung condition, you know, uh, he is in the very vulnerable category. But he is uh, leading the church. And again, I think you can see you could see the other day when he held that worldwide holy hour, when he was walking and holding the monstrance, almost as if it was uh, his cross. And it is, you know, and... and um, we're all hanging in there, and I want you to—I'm praying, my friends, that when you come here, this is a place of comfort. This is a place where you can, you know, put aside all the other stuff that's going on. I know this morning I got up, and I was getting dressed, and I had the TV on, and I had to shut it off. I just—I couldn't watch anymore because of, of the continual negativity. Now, yes, we are in a very serious situation, but the continual negativity— the continued bad news um, that if you leave that on all day and that's all you're watching or paying attention to or you're going on social media, I guarantee you, you will have a very dire outlook on life. You will believe that if you catch this virus, you're dead. That's basically the message that's out there. Um, when we know that there's a 98 to 99% uh, recovery uh, percentage rate. So I'm praying that pe more and more people are shutting off the news and the social media, coming here, praying with us, listening to words of comfort. You know, we are now, sadly, uh, maybe, I, I think, I don't know about the other diocese, but, you know, you heard, you may have heard, if you have not, uh, as of noon yesterday, 
all of the churches in the Diocese of Trenton are now locked, not open to the public. And I don't know about the other surrounding dioceses, but here in the Diocese of Trenton, all of the churches, the church doors are locked. Bishop O'Connell felt on the advice of the um, uh, Department of Health in the state of New Jersey for the safety of the people to lock the doors. So we may be right now, we, your EWTN television, we may be your, your only connection. I know this, many parishes are streaming audio, uh, I'm sorry, are streaming video of masses each day, which is great, but that's a mass, or as you heard Father Jim the other day say, they have a little Lectio Divina and other things. But we're here for you 24-7, and this morning... And I, I put the rosary on as I was going, doing some work, and, and I was sitting at my kitchen table with the rosary playing. And I, th- I used to watch, you know, the news. Got to turn it off. Got to turn it off. Let's pray. I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, uh, going into where I want to go a little later on. But let, let's pray first, my friends. Um, and uh, on this April 2nd, you know, it's a, it's a sad day for, for me personally because a happy day in that we'd remember uh, of happy memory our dear St. Pope John Paul II, the day that he went to the Father's house. Those were his last words, let me go to my Father's house. What a beautiful way to leave this world. Um, But today was supposed to have been the second day of our spring radiothon. And I've grown to love our radiothons because they're just so exciting, so much fun. The family comes together. I mean, our listening family, people volunteering. There's a lot of activity here at, at the station, at the apostolate and People get excited about the goals that are set, and, and, and we, we are just overwhelmed by the outpouring of generosity that we receive from you, our family of listeners and viewers, uh, not happening right now. And we haven't canceled it for this year. We just postponed it. But it is going to put us in a little bit of a dip. Uh, and um, uh, so it's kind of a sad day because, you know, I always look forward to this. But anyway, we're going to pray. I, I invite you to join me wherever you're listening, and I see many people watching on YouTube and Facebook and on our homepage. That's great. Um, let's all join now together from wherever you're listening, watching, and come together as the people of God, as the mystical body of Christ, united in prayer to pray for our current situation, but also to pray for all of your intentions. You know, the beautiful thing about an apostolate like this that comes to you live uh, we have a wonderful family right now praying with you and for you for all of your intentions. Many people now out of work. I don't know if you heard the statistics last week. Another six point some million people applied for unemployment. It's affected our family. Cheryl was uh, laid off or furloughed by uh, her parish up in Flemington. Uh, so she's had to apply for unemployment. Um, and I know many of you are being affected. Um, we're praying that with the CARES bill and the stimulus packages and things that the president and the government uh, signed into law last week, that this will alleviate some of that initial uh, financial disruption. Uh, But we pray for the small businesses. We pray for those whose jobs will not be there when this situation uh, is corrected. Uh, Just a very uncertain time. But we have to, on this day especially, and I'm going to read some of it to you a little later on, uh, when John Paul... Pope John Paul II first came on October 16th to speak to the world. And what became really his, his uh, best-known uh, phrase, to not be afraid. And we mustn't fear. So let's pray for that, that we, 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 are, we have that great gift of 
coraggio, courage, to overcome this fear. I was, you know, I was sitting outside. Uh, I just had to get out. out of, I had to get out of a building and sit out in the fresh air uh, earlier t- this afternoon. So I brought a little folding chair out in, into the parking lot there and just sat out there. And the sun is nice and warm with a strong wind. And, you know, we're surrounded here by um, woods, basically. We're, we have, we're on 22 acres of property, but we're surrounded by woods. And the wind, as it, as it howls through those trees, it just always brings me back to, to, to Pentecost, the, the howling, the, the roaring of the wind coming through. Let's trust in God. Let's trust in the power of the Holy Spirit uh, to overcome this situation, to, to destroy this virus. No virus is greater than God. And we know that God can do it. So let's come together, my friends, for these intentions and all of your intentions. And we're going to pray the prayer Holy Father Pope Francis gave us uh, to uh, protect us from the, the virus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And as Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to do about a year and a half ago, he asked the entire church daily, daily, daily to pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel as well as the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you. We're going to go to, uh, just I thought today we'd spend, you know, normally it's Catechism Day, but it is a beautiful anniversary, the anniversary of uh, Saint Pope John Paul II's entrance into glory. And uh, so I'm going to share with you some of his words that would hopefully bring us some some joy and comfort uh, these days. And um, everybody's trying, I know. It's not easy, you know. And on a day like today, a beautiful early spring day where, you know, the sun is at a, a good angle and the sun is warm. Winds are blowing, yes, but the air is still, you know, you could— I sat outside for about a half hour just, just really meditating and praying— as I heard that strong wind howling through the trees that surround our property here. 
reminding me of the power of the Holy Spirit and how we just come together and invoke his aid and assistance in this matter. You know, all the, all the medicines in the world, all the, uh, the medications and, and the uh, testings and the vaccines. And the, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, they're talking about once a vaccine comes out 18 months from now. Uh, didn't we have a flu vaccine this year? And there were like 40 million cases of the flu. So I, it, you know, we just got to trust in God. Not that we shouldn't be taking medicine. We should. And, and certainly the, there, it's worthy of, 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 I don't get a flu shot personally, but that's just me. Um, uh, but put this situation in God's hands. Now, we know that God created the minds of the, the very, very um, intelligent men and women, scientists who are working on a remedy to the situation. And we pray that these people are doing great things, but we know that all power is in God's hands. And so keep invoking his assistance and his, 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 his aid in this situation. And I, as I shared with you yesterday, you know, I read more people are praying now, which is great, you know, and, and I was reading something a little earlier today about how, you know, people are home, they're, they're relaxing, they're spending more time with family, they're spending more time in prayer, they're kind of seizing the day, you know, enjoying the moment that they can with each other as family and friends, whoever you're confined with. Um, and the pace of life has slowed down. Uh, there's a lot that of good that's coming out of this. A lot of things that, that's disturbing. I think you know a lot of people are disturbed about these churches being locked. Um, I do believe that the bishop, in 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 working with the state of New Jersey, felt it was the right thing to do. Um, but I know it's 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 a very disturbing situation for people. I'm sure it is for the bishop to have to lock a church. And you know I have to tell you. Um, I sit here in our chapel where we do have the Blessed Sacrament reserved, and I think to myself, and I really felt the Lord speak to my heart last evening as I was praying evening prayer, what an, a privilege it is to be able to have the Blessed Sacrament here and to be able to spend time with Jesus. And I can assure you, my brothers and sisters, especially now, that in our time, in my time before the Blessed Sacrament in the tabernacle, I will pray for you, all of your intentions as I pray every day for you and your intentions, but now in a special way because uh, so many of you will not have the opportunity to even go before the tabernacle to pray. Uh, it's a very, very strange time, isn't it? Very strange time. Um, but as I mentioned to you yesterday, I want to bring it up again because Cheryl's getting a lot of good response to this. <laughs> we, we were yesterday talking about what can we do to uplift you know, of course, we know that this coming Sunday is Palm Sunday, um, which then takes us into the beautiful Holy Week and the Easter Triduum. Again, it's going to be a very strange Holy Week. It's going to be a, an odd Holy Week, the strangest and oddest Holy Week we've had, I'm sure, in our life and probably ever will have, because we can't attend Mass or, or services or liturgy. And we can watch it. Uh, we're going to be bringing you, and we can listen to it, because we'll be bringing to you all the liturgies uh, that we can through... Uh, our work here from Rome, from EWTN, um, even locally. I'm going to hopefully be able to broadcast some of the bishops' liturgies, uh, the Easter Triduum, and the Easter Sunday Masses that will bring you through EWTN's, our affiliation with EWTN. But then I thought, you know, everybody's going to be home on Easter Sunday. And first of all, I looked at the weather. 
And it, right now they're saying it's going to be overcast, chance of rain and things. So people can't even get outside probably. But you'll be home. And, you know, Cheryl and I will be home by ourselves at Easter Sunday. It'll be the first Easter Sunday that we've ever spent, just the two of us. And I said to Cheryl, I said, let's do something for the people. Let's, we have, we have God, you know, we thank Almighty God for the ability to do this, that we have four radio stations at our disposal and all of the audio uh, platforms that we can use that literally stretch around the world. I said, why don't we do this? After all the masses are over in Easter Sunday morning, and we know people will be home, maybe making dinner together, dining together, spending time together, confined to their homes. I said, let's put on just the rest of the day, starting at 1 o'clock, just fill the airwaves with Easter music, praise and worship and glory and and hallelujahs, and and let people fill their homes with this music, let their hearts be filled with it, uh, let the airwaves be filled with it. Uh, whatever platform, audio platform you use, whether it's uh, one of our four stations or our streaming audio or our uh, um, mobile app or Amazon Alexa or Google Home, that you can spend your Easter Sunday together, however you're going to spend it. You're going to be confined to your homes. You can't go out to eat. You can't go visit relatives. <laughs> you're going to be home. Uh, put some music on in the background, music that will celebrate the glory of the resurrection. And so, anyway, Cheryl's working on that. We've sent a couple of e-blasts out. I think it's on our website or our Facebook page. Uh, but if you, and we're, we're basically taking requests. So if you have a favorite hymn, an uplifting hymn, a, a hymn of glory and praise and alleluia, of Easter, uh, singing of our Lord, whatever brings you joy of heart, um, email Cheryl with the title and or artist, if you know the artist, but title especially, and uh, over the weekend, we're going to put together a hours and hours of Easter music that will play Easter Sunday. So her email address, very simple, it's Cheryl, that's C-H-E-R-Y-L, Cheryl at DomesticChurchMedia.org. That's Cheryl at DomesticChurchMedia.org. And tell her what's your favorite uh uh, hymns are songs. It could be either either be um, uh, um, contemporary or classical. It doesn't have to be you know of a certain genre, whatever. Because we want to appeal to all people, and uh, you know uh, some people have f- favorite st- styles of music and favorite types of music. Uh, some they don't care for, but you know we're going to mix it up. Just try to appeal to everybody. We're all one body of Christ uh, with many parts. So anyway, sh- email Cheryl with your. Um, Hymn requests for Easter Sunday, and uh, we'll be do the best we can to get it in our playlist. And for Easter Sunday, we're going to fill the airwaves with beautiful music of glory, of resurrection, uh, of joy, uh, uplifting. You know, get away from the dag blasted television set. Get away from social media, my friends. Stop watching that stuff. How 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 long can you? You know what I do? I watch at night. I go home. I leave here. Start usually on my way home because I first do my evening prayer, and I'll start listening in the car and then pick it up when I get home. I watch the press conference with the president and, and his team of experts, and that's what I watch. And the other stuff I had been watching, I can't even watch it anymore. You know, the, the, the scrolling um, numbers of increasing numbers of, of confirmed cases, increasing numbers of, of deaths. It's all about death. And, and Easter is a time of, of life, <laughs> you know. So uh, get away from that 
come here and spend time with us. I just pray that you do. And then Easter Sunday, we're going to rejoice, just get the music playing. And you know, if you have speakers outside, put it on the speakers outside and blast it. <laughs> let, let your neighbors hear it. We'll do the best we can to, to get everybody, everybody's favorites on there. So email Cheryl, Cheryl at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's C-H-E-R-Y-L at domesticchurchmedia.org. She's very excited that people are emailing her with the with the suggestions. So do that. Take advantage of that. We want we want to make do what we can to help make your Easter a joyful day, a glorious day through music. Okay, let's do this. Again, today uh, 15 years ago in uh, 2005 and most of you probably remember that day. I remember sitting in front of the television late afternoon uh, because it was it was nighttime in Rome when you saw you know, the cameras were in St. Peter's Square, and they were fixed on the papal apartment, and the light was on. And then you see the light go off, and then the announcement was made, excuse me, that John Paul had uh, gone home to the Lord. And his last words, let me go to the house of my father. After that beautiful 26-year pontificate, and for many people, you know, of a certain age group, he was the only pope they knew. Now, oldsters like me, I think I was born in, in, the, uh, under the, in the pontificate of Pius XII <laughs> to John Twenty-Third, to Paul VI, John Paul I, John Paul II, Benedict, and now Francis. But for some people, Pope John Paul II was the only Holy Father they knew. And there is the term that is used for those individuals, you know, the John Paul, the JP II generation. And I remember my spiritual director one time telling me a, 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 a saint like John Paul II comes around once every thousand years. So we were very blessed to be contemporaries of this great saint. And throughout his pontificate, I remember because I, I first began you know, doing Catholic radio back in 1995, 96. And uh, so John was in the heart of John Paul's pontificate. But I remember even saying then that you knew he was doing the right thing because he was getting attacked from both sides. The liberals said he was too conservative. The conservatives said he was too liberal. And he just couldn't win because he was right in line with where he should be. And now looking back on his pontificate, on his life, many people look and, and, and obviously have a, a great devotion to him, as we should. Last night, Cheryl and I, one thing Cheryl's been doing since she's been home, as I mentioned to you, she was she was uh, laid off or furloughed from her music uh, director, liturgy director job up at St. Magdalene's uh, while this situation is taking place. So she is finally, she's home, comes here a lot, but spends time at home uh, with the cat. <laughs> but she, Cheryl, she can't sit still. She has to keep doing so. She's doing a lot of sorting and cleaning and, and uh, rearranging. And Anyway, when we went, you know, we were at the... Um, the canonization of John Paul II, who was canonized with John the Twenty-Third at the same time. Um, of course, it was packed, and we couldn't even get into the square. But after the Mass was over, Cheryl went back into St. Peter's Square, which was pretty much empty by this point, but the altar was still set up. And the flowers surrounding the altar for the canonization Mass were still there, so Cheryl was taking a lot of the rose petals from that, um, from the, from the altar area, and we she has them in a plastic bag. We have them at home, 
uh, a, a plastic baggie full of these these rose petals from the altar where John Paul was was uh, canonized and John the twenty third. Very very special. Um, but he, as you know, not only had an enormous effect on the church, but also on the entire world. And, and I, I did send something out earlier today, and I think I put it on our Facebook page too, a quote by John Paul II, which I think is very appropriate for the moment. Of course, you know, you, you can look up John Paul quotes on Google and get a plethora of books and books and volumes and volumes. of. In fact, tomorrow on, on Friday Live... We're going to have a guest uh, talk about a brand new book um, on homilies that John Paul gave. And um, uh, anyway, she, in, in honor of today's anniversary, she'll be joining us, a, a new book about John Paul. But uh, this is a quote from John Paul II that I think are very appropriate for the moment in which we live. John Paul, St. John Paul once said, and I want you to to think about where you are in this situation. I know for me personally, I'm very frustrated. Um, I'm a little skeptical about certain things, and I won't get into that part of it. Um, I, I wonder, I know I've said it, in the, I said it in the beginning that I thought the media was hyping this thing up to an extreme. Um, I'm trying to, to uh, balance out Numbers of, of illnesses with deaths and uh, it, it matched up against other illnesses and deaths. And, oh, it's not the same. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm very frustrated. I'm not afraid, personally. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. I think I've been, I've been the Lord has given me a grace to just keep forging ahead and, and understanding we have a job to do here. And our job is to bring that joy and comfort out to as many people as possible through our work. And now, especially with the doors of the churches and the diocese closed, our little private chapel here with the Blessed Sacrament is very important to me because we have opportunity to go in there and pray before the Blessed Sacrament where most people don't. So we have another response, another job responsibility here. But listen what John Paul said. He said, There is no evil to be faced that Christ does not face with us. There is no enemy that Christ has not already conquered there is no cross to bear that Christ has not already borne for us and does not now bear with us. So that's John Paul. I don't have the year. I don't know what it's from, but it is a quote attributed to him. So think about where you are right now during this situation. Are you fearful? Have you lost your job? Are you worried about money? Are you worried about your children? You're, you know, our daughter, Angela, who is 29 years old, living on her own in an apartment in Queens, New York. And, of course, we're in constant communication with her. Uh, she's not been affected by this, thanks be to God. She's young. She has no health issues. So I guess she's one of those ones, though, is in a, in a, a better category to be in, I suppose, but I did see this, the numbers last night on New York City and the surrounding boroughs that Queens is, has the most cases. I didn't tell Angela that, but <laughs> um, she might know it. So we worry about our children. 
we haven't seen our grandchildren. I'm sure most of you same way. Usually, those of you who are grandparents who don't live with your grandchildren, whoa. You know, thanks be to God for FaceTime. We can FaceTime with the little ones, and, and we miss them. We miss the hugs. You know, I, I say, and it's kind of, kind of with a little chuckle, that I've been um, socially distancing myself for years. <laughs> I'm, I'm not comfortable in, in, you know, small groups and gatherings. I'm, I'm much better in big crowds where I can stand behind a podium, but one-on-one, and not, 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 it's, it's just not in my comfort zone. This is, because I'm behind the mic, and, and I know you're there, and... Um, but, uh, you know, people, social distancing is, is not normal for, for the human species. <laughs> Self-isolation is not normal for a human being. So right now we find ourselves in a situation that is, can cause fear and, and can cause panic. But we're saying, of course, prayer, not, not panic, faith, not fear. And I'll read this again before we take our break. Listen, just think about where you are and listen to the words of St. John Paul when he said, There is no evil to be faced that Christ does not face with us. There is no enemy that Christ has not already conquered. And there is no cross to bear that Christ has not already borne for us and does not now bear with us. We need to feel the presence of Christ. We're, we, we've had the real presence of Jesus now locked away from us, most people, because you can't get into the churches even. But we know that Christ is present. He's present where two or more are gathered in his name. He's present to us right now. He's present to us in this crisis, and we know that the crosses we're being asked to bear as we go through this crisis— Jesus has already borne this cross for us. He's already bearing the cross with us. And we have to believe and trust and have that faith to carry us through. And my brothers and sisters, live it in joy. I always think of Paul and Silas, you know, in in prison, who, despite all the the hardships they were asked to go through and where they were in, in that prison, they were still singing songs of praise, as we will on Easter Sunday when we play that music. But anyway, let me take a break. When I come back, more about John Paul II when we come back. So stay where you are, my brothers and sisters. There's more to come on Come to Me. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign.
Hi, I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope on these domestic church media stations. Sixty seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. It must be understood at the beginning that the Eucharist may be considered either from the point of view of a sacrament or from the point of view of a sacrifice. In order to understand this distinction, because it is rather a technical one, we go back to the analogy of nature. Every day of your life, you partake of certain food, the products of wheat, vegetables, fish, meat. They all enter into the sustenance of your life. They nourish you, they feed you. But have you ever thought of this other side? Before they can ever nourish you, they must be submitted to some kind of sacrifice. Before they can be the sacrament of your physical life, they must die or be sacrificed. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Want a work of virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. From Bristol to Browns Mills. Shrewsbury to Solbury. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. From Lawrenceville to Leonardo. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. And welcome back, my brothers and sisters, today on this April 2nd, 2020 the 15th anniversary of the passing into eternal life of our dear St. Pope John Paul II, and that's what we're doing today, topic of our program, Good St. John Paul. Now, I do believe um, within a month that Pope Francis is releasing a book um, that he wrote with reflections on John Paul II, and he's titling the book John, St. John Paul the Great. So I don't know if that's the official um, title now being given 
to him. But if it's good enough for Pope Francis, I get it's good because it's good enough for everybody else. Uh, that book, I understand, uh, should now things may have changed since all the stuff that's going on. But um, it was supposed to have been released around what would be would have been John Paul II's 100th birthday on May 20th. So it, the book is called St. John Paul the Great, and it's by Pope Francis. It's a collection of reflections that Pope Francis wrote about John Paul II. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, maybe when the book comes out, we'll have the Pope on. <laughs> we like to get authors on the program. Um, speaking of authors, tomorrow uh, for Friday Live, Cheryl will be here with me. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Jamie Wolf, and Jamie's going to talk about a brand new book called Teachings from an Unbelieving World by John Paul II. And uh, so we'll have Jamie join us. Also, uh, our friend Father Rich Richard Fitzgibbons, a psychiatrist uh, from over in uh, the, Pencil uh, the Philadelphia area, who deals with marital healing. He's written a book on that topic, but we also wanted him to talk about how we can deal, he's a psychiatrist, so he can help us all, how we can deal with this current isolation that we're finding ourselves, self-confinement, uh, social distancing, you know, how to deal with this, because it is not normal for human beings to be this way. So Father, I'm not Father, Dr. Uh, Rick Fitzgibbons will join us tomorrow as well. So I do hope you'll join Cheryl and me at 4 o'clock. We'll have music and uh, Talk and Father Gary Koch has a reflection on Sunday's gospel, which is the Passion. Now, we won't read the Passion tomorrow, but Father Gary will give a, a beautiful reflection, I'm sure, on the Passion then as we enter into Holy Week on Sunday. So much going on. First of all, I'm having a hard time believing, uh, accepting the fact, I should say, that it's already April 2nd. Uh, I don't know. It just seems the way things are going and how weird they are. You know, we, we it was just two months ago that we were taking our little our little winter winter vacation, and uh, it seems like years ago. Anyway, God will see us through. You see, God will see us through. And again, one quick other note: if you're just joining me, you're not on our mailing list. If you are, you should know by now. And uh, that um, Easter Sunday, starting at one o'clock in the afternoon, we're going to start playing Easter music, so songs of resurrection, songs of glory, songs of of joy, hallelujahs, and um, making it part of your Easter celebration, because we'll all pretty much be stuck in the house on Easter Sunday. And so you can put our radio station on, or Amazon Alexa, or Google Home, or our mobile app, or streaming audio, and listen to continuous, uninterrupted Easter music uh, as part of your background, perhaps, you know, uh, for your Easter celebration. We want to bring joy to your hearts. We want this music to just bring joy to your home. And if you want to put the speakers outside and turn the volume way up, bring joy to your neighborhood <laughs> and share that glory. You're hearing a lot of things about what people are doing. I think this coming Sunday, I saw something, they're calling it Evergreen Sunday because most people don't have access to palms. We Cheryl and I were saying that the other night. Where, where are we going to get our palms from? But I saw something saying, put some evergreen branches or something on the outside of your door at your home to... Just let people know you're celebrating Palm Sunday. Whatever kind of greenery you can put out there, put out there. Uh, we have fake palms here in the studio. I'll, I'll put them up for maybe tomorrow's program just to kind of make it a little more Palm Sunday-ish. Um, so anyway, we're looking. Cheryl's looking for music suggestions for her playlist for Easter Sunday. So you can email her with song titles, song titles, and/or artists. 
uh, to Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, at domesticchurchmedia.org. That's Cheryl at domesticchurchmedia.org. Give her some of your favorite uh, Easter hymns. You know, that could be either classical or traditional or contemporary. We're going to put everything out there because we know there's a wide variety of, of, of uh, tastes. And we all are members of the body of Christ, all oh, different parts. And so if you hear something, you know, I'm not really into that contemporary stuff. I'm just turn it down a little bit. That's all. We'll, the classic will be back on again. We're just trying to mix it up so that we can just make it part of an Easter celebration. You know, in that uh, prayer we pray from, from Pope Francis that he wrote specifically for this situation we find ourselves in, praying to our Blessed Mother, saying, there will be time of feasting again. We believe that. And even if we're not uh, materially feasting on Easter Sunday, we certainly should be spiritually feasting because that's the greatest day the day that Jesus rose from the dead and, and gave us the promise of eternal life. And all that week, remember, is Easter within the octave. Easter Sunday through Divine Mercy Sunday. That All of that is one single Easter day. And we need to celebrate that. We may not have the, the material celebrations we've had in the past because of the situation. but We certainly must have the spiritual celebrations. Even though we can't get to Mass, we can't even go into a church because the doors are locked. We know that Jesus will be present. If you and your spouse and your family get together in prayer, Jesus will be there in your midst. And even if you're by yourself, the Lord is with you. And I'm praying that when you put our station on with the Easter liturgies, the Triduum, the Holy Week, that you will feel his presence through the work that's being done here. Uh, back on October 16th, 1978, I'm sorry, Sunday, October 22nd, 1978, when the Holy Father was uh, his installation mass, he gave probably one of his most famous homilies as he began his pontificate. And he began it by quoting from Matthew 16, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Pope John Paul II began his pontificate by saying, These words were spoken by Simon, son of Jonah, in the district of Caesarea Philippi. Yes, he spoke them with his own tongue, with a deeply lived and experienced conviction, but it is not in him that they find their source, their origin. And then quoting from Matthew 16, continuing, saying, Because it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. They were words of faith. And John Paul said on that day in 1978, These words mark the beginning of Peter's mission in the history of salvation, in the history of the people of God. From that moment, from that confession of faith, the sacred history of salvation and of the people of God was bound to take on a new dimension to express itself in the historical dimension of the church. The ecclesial dimension of the history of the people of God takes its origin, in fact, is born from these words of faith and linked to the man who uttered them. And Jesus said, you are Peter, the rock, and on you, as on a rock, I will build my church. Do you remember the church in 1978? I was trying to think back to that. Time now in 1978, I was a, I was a high school religion teacher, 
at a uh, Catholic high school up in central New Jersey. And uh, I remember when John Paul was elected pope, he was the first non-Italian pope in, what, 400 and some years or something like that? So it was new. But the church was in, it's still coming off of the, some of the wackiness, you know, as a result of the pendulum swinging to uh, uh, way, way up from what the Second Vatican Council intended it to be. So John Paul was the man for the time. And he was a man who understood his church and now understood his role as Peter's successor to take this church into what he hoped, and he eventually did, was the new millennium. Remember, he would get into, uh, as we got closer to the, the uh, turn of the century, he would call, he wrote the fact he had that book called Crossing the Threshold of Hope and led the church and the world into the third millennium. So here we are, uh, um, 22 years before that, um, and he said, on this day and in this place, these same words must again be uttered and listened to. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yes, brothers and sisters and daughters, sons and daughters, these words first of all. Their content reveals to our eyes the mystery of the living God, the mystery to which the Son has brought us close. Nobody, in fact, has brought the living God as close to men and revealed him as he alone did. In our knowledge of God and our journey towards God, we are totally linked to the power of these words. He who sees me sees the Father. He who is infinite, inscrutable, ineffable, has come close to us in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, born of the Virgin Mary, in a stable at Bethlehem. Again, reminding us, as we should often reflect, why are we in this church? Why do we live our lives the way we live them or try to live them the way we try to live them? It's not because of any pope. It's not because of any cardinal or bishop or priest or deacon. It's because of Christ himself. And we know that the church is imperfect because of the imperfect people who are members of it, you and me included. But Holy Father John Paul II on that day in 1978 focused us back on Christ. He who sees me sees the Father. He who is infinite, inscrutable, ineffable, has come close to us in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, of God, born of the Virgin Mary at that stable in Bethlehem. And he said, today, I'm going to, have to skip around because we're short on time, but he said, John Paul said, today the new bishop of Rome solemnly begins his ministry and the mission of Peter. In this city, in fact, Peter completed and fulfilled the mission entrusted to him by the Lord. Peter came to Rome. And then I'm going to skip down because this obviously we can't do the whole thing because we're very, very short on time. But I want to get down to what has become really what set the stage for Pope John Paul II's entire 26-year pontificate. This is in the f fifth section of this, this uh, homily. 
And these words still hold true and have, have enormous, uh, powerful meaning today, especially in these days of uncertainty and um, anxiety. John Paul said, brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept his power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. And I love these next sentences. John Paul said, Do not be afraid. Open wide the doors for Christ. To his saving power, open the boundaries of states, economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development. Do not be afraid. Christ knows what is in man. He alone knows it. So he, he invited the entire church, the entire world. You know, why, why would people be afraid of, of Christ? Why would people fear opening their doors to him? We know as members of his mystical body, as disciples, that with our authentic discipleship in following Jesus will always come the cross. It's inevitable. <laughs> How many of you listening, watching right now in your own desire to be a good Christian? And maybe there are even some non-Catholics listening or watching. It doesn't make a difference whether you're Catholic or not. <laughs> if you're a follower of Jesus as a disciple, you will be given a cross and probably many throughout your lives, in and as a result of that discipleship. But John Paul reminded us to not be afraid to open wide those doors because with Jesus, we see the saving power. We see what Christ can do. And Holy Father John Paul asked us to welcome and accept that power. I believe, my brothers and sisters, that the situation in which we find ourselves right now with this coronavirus, and as I said, I, I don't know about you, and maybe it's just me, I don't know, but I, I can't watch for long the news reports. And I watch, you know, I, I don't really bounce around. I, I, you know, I turn on Fox News, and, I, and I'm really, I'm, 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 I even turn them off now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just can't take it. I can't take it. It's not that I'm trying to deny that there's a serious situation, but it's not as dire in my mind anyway as they make it. The, the impression, the subliminal message that the mainstream media and social media is giving is that if you catch this virus, you're going to die. You're going to be one of those statistics on that chart that Fox keeps rolling. And I, maybe the other channels do too. I'm, I'm not picking on Fox. That, that's what I, but I, my observation. If you catch this virus is what they're, the message that is subliminally being projected. Most likely you're going to die. You're going to be on a gurney in New York and there'll be no respirator. This is what the, and we're people of hope and faith. And that's not to say that 
good Christian and Catholic people are not going to die as, as a result of this. But we put our lives in the hands of Christ. We put our lives in the hands of God. He is in charge. And if we allow ourselves to be dragged into the, into the pits, the muck and mire of all this sensationalism and dire messaging, we're going to be miserable people. And that's not from God. That's not from God at all. God wants us to be prudent. I think following the, the, health, the, the hygiene guidelines, excellent. Let's keep doing that even after this virus is long gone. But, you know, the devil loves to see people despair. He loves to see people uh, fear, and fear is not of God. So we go back to this beautiful—I remember it was a beautiful sunny day, October 22, 1978, when Pope John Paul II was installed as, as the successor to Peter. And he told us then, and now as a saint in heaven tells us, as do uh, does his—, his uh, Successor Francis, Pope Francis, don't be afraid. All those who wish to serve Christ and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind, do not be afraid. Open wide the doors to Christ. You know, we're at a point now, and I think with the doors of the, the churches and the Diocese of Trenton, I don't know about the other dioceses, and maybe it's happened yet, I don't know. I've not heard, but I know as of noon yesterday, uh, Bishop O'Connell said that no churches can be open. There will be no uh, public access to the churches. There can still be private chapels and things like we have here, thanks be to God, but no public, you know, this is for our purposes, and I promise you we will pray for you here. But it's as if we are locked away and we don't have access to the physical, real, true presence of Christ. But you can't stop his spirit. You can't. I was thinking this today as I was sitting outside in our parking lot with the wind howling and looked at our four 200-foot antenna out there broadcasting. You know, our signal does not have the virus. You can listen to it anytime, anywhere. You, if you, we're, we can be as close as we want. You can be sitting as close to the radio as you want or whatever device you're listening on, and you won't get the virus from here. We can gather. We can, we, can, we, can, we can come together in large groups and pray, as we do every day at 3 o'clock now. I hope you join us for that. The, the mass comes on tonight at 7 o'clock here on these stations. We can come together and rejoice in our faith, rejoice in Christ, and not be afraid to open wide the doors to Jesus. The devil would love us to close those doors, wouldn't he? Can't. You may have to physically close the doors of the church for the time being, the physical building, but you can't close the doors to the power of Jesus Christ. Those doors are wide open. And Holy Father of St. Pope John Paul II on that day in 1978, his words still ring true today. Open wide those doors. You can't lock them. You can't keep us out of and, and going through those doors. And maybe by listening to these broadcasts and the other things we have on, that's, that's a way to open wide the doors to Jesus right now because that's the only way you have, with, aside from your own, your own personal spirituality. 
But let Christ come through your doors, through these broadcasts, through these stations. Hear the word of God. We have mass on three times a day on these radio stations. We have the rosary on four times a day. You have programs like uh, you're going to hear with Cresta coming up and Catholic Answers. And uh, tomorrow, uh, Bill and George are here. It's First Friday. And all the other programs we present so that the doors to Christ will be open. You can't lock those doors. And there's no virus here. You don't have to be afraid. You can open these doors wide, as Holy Father asked us to do, and not be afraid. The saving power that Jesus brings to us can open the boundaries, he said, of states, economic, political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization, development. And in these days where doors are being closed and locked to Jesus, physical doors, the doors of our hearts are always open to him. Let him enter. Don't be afraid. My brothers and sisters, we need to do that now more than ever because it's by the power of our faith and our prayers that we'll make it through this situation. This virus will be gone. No virus is more powerful than the hand of God. And we'll see if we would remain faithful and allow ourselves and our hearts to be filled with joy, especially now as we get close to that beautiful season of Easter to rejoice in the hope that that resurrection brings to all of us. All right, I see my time is just about up. Please, my friends, one more thing. Don't forget, we need you. We're not having the Radiothon right now as planned. We're putting it off till sometime later in the spring. But we count on that Radiothon every year as a major source of funding. So please, if you can, oh, someone fix that record. If you can, Please, please, please make an online donation. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, and make a, a donation uh, that's comfortable for you, domesticchurchmedia.org. Okay, join Cheryl and me tomorrow, 4 o'clock uh, for Friday Live. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.